This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Buying a fly rod can be a lot of fun. It can also be a bit bewildering if you are new to fly fishing. There are several factors to consider when buying a fly rod. One is how much you can spend. You can get a good fly rod for 150 to 200 bucks and even a better one for four to $500. Or you could get a premium fly rod for $900 or more. Another factor is how fast you want the action to be and that's correlated to where the rod flexes. Uh, mid-flex or tip-flex, but the factor that we are going to talk about today on our podcast is what length and weight works best for you. It's a huge issue when you choose a fly rod. How long is it going to be and uh, what weight line is, uh, is it going to be rated for? And what we found is that fly fishers are just as passionate about this topic as deer hunters are about what caliber rifle is best. When I was in high school, I remember arguing about whether a 270 or a 30 6 was best. It's obviously the 270. Nah, it's a 30 6. <laughs> well, actually, both worked. And I would argue the same about choosing a fly rod. Uh, go with the length and weight that works best for you. But where do you know, or how do you know, what that is? Well, the best place to start is to ask and answer two questions, two important questions. Yes, and the first one is, what kind of water do you plan to fish? If you just started out fly fishing, you probably haven't fished a lot of water. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you're going to fish the Driftless area, you're going to be fishing smaller spring creeks, at least if you're fishing for trout. Now, if you're slinging for carp and some of those uh, different kinds of fish, then you might have a bigger rod. But I think thinking about water and the kind of rivers that you plan to fish is really important early on. So in the West, obviously, you have the Missouri, you have the Yellowstone, and even on the Missouri, they talk about sometimes they use spay rods, you know, those two-handed uh, rods, because you can, you know, you can manage a lot of line, and if you have a, a huge river like that, then you can have some bigger rods. And related to that is, will you be making long casts on larger rivers or lakes, or smaller casts on these spring creeks, as we just mentioned? And related to that as well is really how large are the fish in those waters. And you and I fish a lot in the Driftless, and we've caught some bigger fish there, but I've heard that there's 25-inch browns there. You and I just have never never caught a fish like that. They, they tend to be between 10 and 15 inches. So we start to talk about size of rod and or length of rod and weight of rod. What kind of rivers do you fish and what kind of fish are you catching? Yeah, that's a really helpful question. Uh, I think a second question is how many rods do you plan to own? Or to reframe the question, how many fly rods will your husband or wife let you buy? Right, Dave? <laughs> that Therein lies the true question. <laughs> uh, uh. 
And you can you can make do easily enough with one fly rod, and yet fly rods are like golf clubs or uh, drill bits. Uh, different size clubs or bits are designed for different purposes, and and it's helpful to know then if you need an all-purpose rod that you will use in almost every condition, or do you have the luxury of having two rods, maybe even three fly rods, and that really does change things. Okay, so those questions uh, out of the way then. First one, uh, what kind of water do you plan to fish? Secondly, how many rods do you plan to own? So you have those in mind, and now let's say you're, you're ready to consider buying a fly rod. Uh, Dave, let's talk about length of, of the fly rod. What, what are some of the standard rod lengths, and why in the world does length even matter? I was just on the Winston site and the uh, the Winston the RL Winston Rod Company and they have so many new rods. They have that Winston Air now that is uh, that you can buy for I think about a thousand dollars. It's about a hundred dollars more than the uh, than the Orvis rod. What is that Orvis rod? I forget what what's the oh uh, yeah. The- the H3. Yeah, the H3. It's about 100 bucks yeah. more. But as you scroll down uh, this or into the site, go deeper into the site, there's a rod they sell that Tom Morgan, who was one of the found, well, he was the founder of, of Winston, wasn't it? He liked yeah, uh, this, so. eight, this eight foot four weight for all the spring creeks in Montana. So as you think about length, that's a unique length. Generally, most would agree that an eight and a half or nine foot length is the sweet zone if you're fishing most standard creeks. Now, Tom Morgan is a <laughs> is a rod smith and is a legend or was a legend uh, in terms of both his fly fishing and the rods that he created. So he would have a lot of specialty rods. But if you're thinking about one gen rod, generally long rods are better for longer casts and, and for mending or roll casts, especially on those bigger rivers. I have a nine foot six weight rod it's a sage that is very very stiff i can talk about that later but it's great for nymph fishing streamer fishing and it's great for mending it's not it just doesn't have a lot of great action to it but it's a great rod it's just very stiff i don't use that rod for the driftless so i use an eight and a half for those spring creeks yeah i thought about looking at tom morgan's rod i thought man maybe i should go to an eight foot four weight instead of an eight and a half four weight um, so again, for the bigger rivers, the nine foot, we use this, we won't even talk about weight yet, but the nine foot, and for some of those smaller creeks, I use an eight and a half foot. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, I, I agree, longer rods are better for longer casts, uh, mending, roll cast. Yeah, shorter, shorter works better for tighter conditions with more obstacles, and that's what we get in smaller spring creeks like in the Driftless in Wisconsin, Minnesota, or... You know, some of the smaller creeks that we fish in Montana or Yellowstone uh, National Park. Uh, and, you know, with, with shorter rods, too, they, they tend to generate higher line speed, maybe because they're light. I mean, it feels like the difference between swinging a 30-ounce uh, baseball bat versus a 36-ounce, and, you know, they, they can be more uh, accurate. So... Let me ask you this. What do you think the most popular fly rod length is? As we talk to other fly fishers, as we see what's being sold, 
you know, so if somebody's just saying, well, man, I, I just want an all-purpose uh, rod that if I happen to go out to fish Yellowstone Park or if I'm going to be on a small creek, what, yeah, what would you say is the most popular rod length? If you take out saltwater fishing and the specialty like Euro nymphing, and if you're going into the general trout rod, I think it's the nine foot, don't you think? Yeah, I, I would agree. And and that'll handle the bigger rivers. I mean, we've, you know, we fish those on, on lakes. I mean, you, you're right. You could go nine and a half or 10 feet, but uh, uh, really the, the nine foot rod is kind of the all purpose. And, and I know if, if you're going to be doing a lot of fishing in spring creeks, it might be nicer to have something smaller, but I can't tell you how many times over the years when I've I fished with my sons and, and, you know, I'll, I'll let them, you know, maybe use the eight and a half and I'll just take the nine foot rod and, and you know, I, I don't have any problems with the nine foot rod, even on a small spring Creek. I mean, it's, yeah, it works fine. So yeah, I, I would agree, you know, if, maybe the most popular all around fly rod length, especially if you live in the the Midwest is going to be, or if you fish in the West, is going to be nine. And, and even in the Midwest, I mean, here you could, you could go up to Wisconsin and fish some of those rivers that are, you know, that are uh, coming out of Lake Michigan. And, you know, you've got the, the route and the Milwaukee. And, you know, if you're catching some of the steelhead that are, that are running, I mean, you need a little bit bigger rod. So I would rather have a nine foot. Than yeah, a, for sure. If you're doing yeah, that. Than even sure. an eight and a half. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I have a friend who always fishes the root and for steelhead, but man, every so often he'll catch a big brown. And and he, I think he has a nine foot rod. And he always talks about how glad, how glad he is that he has the rod. Um, and then sometimes he wonders if it should even be bigger, but then sometimes you're catching 12 inch fish. And so I don't know, Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I think know. the nine foot is just a good length, good overall general yeah. length. Yeah, it really is. And if you get an eight and a half, that, that's fine as well. But, uh, yeah, the nine foot's a good one. Uh, all right. Let's talk about weight. If you're going for one all around rod and it's a nine foot rod or, or maybe it's an eight and a half foot rod. Uh, the most popular choices for line weight, and, and let's make sure we understand when when we talk about weight on the rod, we're, we're talking more about line weight. I mean, you, you can see how much your rod weighs. I really pay any attention to that. Uh, but what you'll hear is if, if you buy a nine-foot rod that, that you're either getting a, a, a five-weight or a six-weight. In fact, that's... Uh, you know, somebody says, yeah, I have a nine foot six weight, or I have a nine foot five weight, or an eight and a half foot five weight. I mean, they're, they're talking about line weight, not how much the rod itself weighs. So about three years ago, veteran fly fisher Kurt Dieter asked a question in a Trout Unlimited blog post, will the five weight always rule trout fishing? Uh, Dieter wondered if four weights might take over, if technology could make them beefier, or if six weights might one day rule, if it if they get lighter, then he said this, for now, I just don't see the five weight ever being supplanted as the world's number one fly rod. He continued, nothing really compares to the five weight when it comes to throwing either size 18 VWO dry flies or size 10 woolly buggers. So that's kind of the standard thinking. 
However, I, I follow the reasoning of the late Tom Morgan. You already mentioned him. Uh, he owned the Winston Rod Company from 1973 to 1991, and he preferred the six weight for handling wind. And unfortunately, there's plenty of that in the yeah, West. There sure is. And also, yeah, and, and also for making longer casts. Now, he liked the delicacy of the five weight, but he felt it was too delicate to be the right choice for an all-around rod, especially on the big rivers in Montana. So, and I have to say I agree with that. That's, that's been my preference. So really, five weight or six weight are your main choices, just like a 270 or a 30-06 for a deer rifle. Five or six weight's a sweet spot for an all-around rod. But, uh, Dave, we ought to ask this question. My, why might a fly fisher want a four weight or perhaps even, uh, even a three weight? If you're fishing those spring creeks, uh, you definitely want lighter tackle. So, um, so lighter line, which means lower in number, and, and I think shorter rods as well. So you and I fish and, you know, on these small creeks, so we dip, typically use a four weight. And so uh, a three or four weight would be great for small flies and delicate presentations such as we do on, on our spring creeks. Now, on the other end of the weight spectrum, uh, a seven or an eight weight could sling big streamers and, and handle fish in the eight to 14 pound range better if you're fishing for steelhead or, or salmon. So that's something to think about as well. Now, th that's where the issue of multiple rods come in. And, and I think the first thing we want to say about that is that if you can afford two or three rods, you're generally not going to own a, a four-weight, a five-weight, and a six-weight. Did you say that's correct, Dave? Boy, I think that's true. At least it's been true for us. And unless you're, you have unlimited funds and you're such an expert caster that you can actually do a better job by going lighter or heavier in such small increments... Typically, you're going to go with either a four weight or a six weight or an eight weight or a three weight, five weight, or seven weight. Basically, you're going to skip a weight. So now there are sophisticated fly fishers that will use uh, a rod that is designed to be a five weight rod and put six weight light on, six weight line on it to do different things. Or maybe put four weight line on a five weight designated rod. But um, for So if you're only going to have two to three rods, you're probably not going to have uh, a rod, at least we don't, I should say, a rod for every weight. So we, we generally skip a weight. Yeah, exactly. So if you have a, let's say you have a nine foot six weight, you want something lighter. Well, don't go to a five, go down to a four. Or, or if you have a five weight and you want something heavier, I wouldn't do a six. I'd, I'd jump up to a seven. I mean, you want there to be a difference. And, yeah, the, the only time that you could justify going up one size or down one size is if you're, yeah, you, you have unlimited money. or So what do you think is the best all-around size? You know, as, as we said earlier, go with the length and the weight that, that works best for you. And I, I guess maybe what I'm asking is, is how do you how do you determine what's the best all-around size for you? I do think you do need to cast the rods. Uh, 
and it's hard to do. It's even hard to cast them and get a real feel for it. You can go behind the store and cast the rods, or if you're at a fly fishing show, you might there might be a place where you can cast the rods. I do think you need to. I think it's hard just to pick up a rod, feel the action, and and get a sense for it. So uh, I so number one, I do think you need to try out rods. I have purchased rods before by just um, doing a lot of reading on it and realized that was the kind of rod I wanted. And I've been really mostly happy with that. Um, but I think uh, I do think it's best that you do try out rods. And we have that our friend Dave Cumling who owns, well, he has owned a fly shop in Bozeman for many, many years. He does not uh, own one anymore. And that's what he says is basically, if you're going to buy a rod, go ahead and spend the extra time to 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 cast it if you can. He said that if a customer owned a drift boat and liked to float big rivers like the Madison and the Yellowstone, throwing larger dries, nymphs, and streamers, he'd generally recommend a nine to nine and a half foot rod. If the angler did a lot of wading and liked fishing the smaller creeks and streams, he'd generally recommend the eight to the eight and a half foot rods. So um, that comes from somebody who has uh, seen a lot of people come through his store, <laughs> through his shop. Absolutely. And I, I agree. Go with what feels right. <laughs> you know, a few years ago, I counseled my brother, Dave, to buy a nine foot six weight when he was looking for a higher end rod. And so he went into a fly shop, tried several, and he came out with an eight and a half foot five weight. <laughs> I said, what? You didn't listen to me? But he, yeah, he said, no, this, this is the one that really seemed to fit best. And, and there, there really is something to that. So his is you know, an eight and a half. One, yeah. Now I think recently he bought a nine foot, but he stuck with a five weight. He really likes nine foot huh. five. Huh? Uh, yeah. I, I think on his, on the H three that he bought, he's got a nine foot five. So, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're kind of recommending, you know, that nine foot six weight, or if you want a nine foot five weight, you know, start there and you can make adjustments as you go. I think it might be helpful, Dave, before we're done here, let, let's just tell our listeners what fly rods we use so that, uh, I mean, we're, yeah, so they know that we're, we're kind of practicing what we're, we're talking about here. I mean, we, we don't have unlimited rods. I mean, yeah, how many do you fish with? What do you have? I have three rods that I use. One is for Euro niffing. It's a 10 weight, uh, excuse me, 10 foot three weight. Uh, it's an echo rod. It's not a high end rod, but it, it works well for me in terms of what I try to do with Euro niffing and my, my high skills or my, my profound skills in Euro niffing. <laughs> but my workhorses, I have two workhorses. One is a nine foot six. It's a Sage one that I got about four or five years ago. It's a great rod for the western rivers, uh, certainly great for mending and nymphing. It's quite stiff, as I mentioned, so it's not a great finesse rod for putting that dry fly in a, in a small square 60 or 70 feet from you. Now, there are people that can do it with the rod. I just can't, it's, but it's a great rod. So it's my workhorse every time I go west. I also use an 8.5 uh, weight, and I'm using a Reddington right now, but I... I have to tell you, I'm not really happy with its action. And so uh, shortly, <laughs> hopefully sooner rather than later, I'm going to purchase a different eight and a half four weight, partly because 
of how much I use that eight and a half four weight. Since we live in the Chicagoland area, fish a ton of ton of spring creeks. I go to Colorado maybe once a year, Montana once a year. You and I have done Montana a couple times a year. You went two times last year. Most of the days on the water are are, are really in spring creeks and smaller creeks. So that eight and a half four weight is a really important rod. How about you? Well, I have to say first, so now I know why you were on the Winston website looking at fly rods. <laughs> ah, yes. I'd love to no, buy I, that I air, but that. man, that's expensive. Well, my rods, I, I mean, I I have three. I would say two of them are the ones I fish with most. Uh, the the all-around middle rod, if I only had to keep one of them, it's a nine-foot six weight, and it's a it's a Winston. It's a, it's a boron 2X. And I bought that, I think it was 2007 or 2008. Remember, this is right, uh, not that long after I had moved here to Illinois from Montana. And we were going to go back to fish. This is like the second time we had done that. So it must have been spring of 2008. And I, I remember that the airlines had just changed a lot of their regulations. Used to be we could just carry the the big long rod tube for a two piece, and there was no you know it was no extra charge. Well, then all of a sudden, you know now that's a carry on, or maybe it was even more than a carry on. And that was about the time too that that the technology that went into four piece rods uh, got uh, you know, got a lot better. So I had an Orvis kind of the middle of the line Orvis. I think it was called, a, what was it, a silver label back in the day. And a two-piece. So I thought, okay, I'm, instead of paying 50 bucks, 25 one way, 25 the other way, I'm just going to put that into a new four-piece rod. So we went to Montana, and the fly shop that we always buy from, a couple of them, they did not have an Orvis rod in a nine-foot, six-weight, at least the one that I wanted. They had a cheaper one, and I can't remember if they had a high-end one, but I thought, oh, great. So, well, I went over to another fly shop and thought, I'm going to buy a Sage, and I'll spend about, I was prepared to spend like 450 bucks, I'd say, for that. Well, I picked up a Sage I liked, and then the guy handed me a Winston. I've always wanted a Winston. You know, they're made in Montana. So I, so I bought a Winston, that Boron 2X. It was... Then it was $625, and I really agonized over that. But I thought, well, this will be a rod for life because, you know, those Winstons, like any good high-end rod or even a medium-priced rod, has a like a 25-year uh, warranty that, you know, you break it even, you can get it fixed. Or it's, still, it's still expensive bucks to get it fixed, but it's not like you have to replace the whole thing. So... I, I did that, and I've never regretted it. I mean, those those rods now are, man, what? They're they're over eight hundred dollars. I don't know if they're they may be pushing nine hundred bucks now, but that's my go-to. So it's a nine foot six weight, and then I have an eight and a half foot four weight for small creeks. And and years ago, I bought a, I bought a, uh, an Orvis, and I'm trying to remember the the model of it. Then it was kind of their you know, kind of their middle of the line rod. It was a great rod. I loved it. And then I broke it. Well, this is like the second time I broke it. Actually, I lost the tip of it. 
Remember, I, I shared that story. I lost the rod last summer when I fell in a, a creek in Colorado, and then a few days later when the water went down, we went back and looked for it and found it, but it, the tip was broken. And I sent it in, and they obviously didn't have the blank to replace it, so they they sent me an Orbis Recon. So now it's a, yeah, now it's an Orbis Recon. Kind of middle of the line, but I love that rod, and, and I use that exclusively uh, here in these small creeks in, in the Midwest. Now, I also have a nine foot eight weight uh, Orvis that I that I use for salmon. If I fished up in the you know the root or the Milwaukee River, and I've caught you know, twelve to fourteen pound salmon on that, uh, but that's the only time I use it, unless because the rod tube has the same color as my eight and a half foot did years ago. Uh, I actually took that to Colorado with me thinking it was an eight and a half four weight so imagine my surprise is when i had to put my eight and a half foot four weight reel on that nine foot eight weight rod you know what it worked it was like a fishing with a telephone pole but you know what you, you make do and and it worked i i caught fish my my son had my sweet nine foot six weight winston and i'm, I'm using that humongous thing. So anyway, the point we're trying to make is, uh, you know, even, even two guys in a river for uh, all the fly fishing that we do, we, we don't have a ton of rods. We each have pretty much two go-to rods and, and another rod for kind of unique occasions. So, yeah. So I hope that helps as you think about buying a, a fly rod. I, I was just thinking about, uh, the Tom Morgan, uh, story, or at least the one that's on the website, uh, on the Winston website, and I was thinking, man, I might just, maybe I should buy an eight-foot four-way, but then I saw that it's a two-piece, and I just don't want to buy a two-piece. But anyway, so I don't think I want to go with, but I tell you what, I've wondered, is that eight-foot four-way, would that be even more perfect for some of these spring creeks? I am going to replace my Reddington. I just don't know when, but for right now, that eight and a half four weight is a good, is a really good package for me. And I, I, uh, and will I will rep- when I replace a rod, it'll be probably an eight and a half four weight four piece. Yeah, you know, if you had two piece, it would work fine here in the Midwest. It's just you know, if you wanted to take that back to Montana, and we're we're always getting on some smaller creeks, so. Yeah, you might just have to settle for a regular Winston. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the airs, yeah. the Winston airs. They're right at, um, I think they're eight ninety eight, something like that. I'm at that phase of life where I'm into simplicity and also not overspending. <laughs> so I, I did really like the recon that you had, which was about four hundred ninety eight bucks. Uh, that thing really had some as a nice action to it. Really a would you call it a fast action? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. It's kind of like that Winston. It's it's a little faster action, but it's, it's not that fast. It still still seems maybe it's between medium and fast. I, I don't have any trouble handling it. I mean, you you talk to fly casters, and you know usually faster rods are a little bit less forgiving. But hey, I I still need forgiving. <laughs> I need <laughs> and, lots of forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and and that works fine for me. So yeah, that's and honestly, I love my Winston, but 
man, I, I don't really notice a, a big difference when I go to that Orvis Recon other than it's, hey, it's a smaller rod and it's supposed to feel a little bit more lightweight. So yeah, that's a, that's a great option as well. Well, have fun uh, wrestling with that, Dave. And for all of you as our listeners, yeah, I uh, hope that you can uh, uh, get a, a, a good fly rod. And, and if you're new at this, hopefully our conversation helped. All right, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. And here is a comment from Brian on Dave's piece, Drowning While Fly Fishing is Always on the Table. And I just have to say up front, man, this is sobering. So this is what Brian writes. I arrived at this thread because I very, very nearly drowned today. I was trying to access a new spot, which included traversing a steep, slippery rock section. Naturally, I slipped at the top of the rock and slid all the way down into the water, which quickly dropped off to be about eight feet deep. I was in up to my neck with just a fingertip grip in a crack of the rock. That was just enough for me to pull, kick, and thrash my way back onto a little shelf. I lost my rod, of course. If it weren't for the wading belt and that little crack in the rock, it would have been much worse. I'm a very fit guy in my mid-30s, and that was nearly the end of me. I always knew on some level that there was danger, but today has forever changed how I fish. Man, that is intense. Oh. Is, is that not intense or what? Oh. oh, it sure is. Man, I'm so glad he shared that. And boy, the, the last line, he's right. Today has forever changed how I fish. And, you know, we, we've said it before, and we, we keep reminding ourselves as much as anybody. It's, uh, you know, fly fishing is not an extreme sport. It's not hella skiing or, or something like that. But, wow, there, it's, it's dangerous. You know, yeah. it, it seems peaceful and calm. But, yeah, you get caught in, in a bad situation like that. And so... Uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Brian. That's just a, a great reminder of, of why uh, we all have to pay attention to safe wading. And and there's a case where he he had uh, he had his wading belt. You know, think about that. If he didn't have his wading belt on, that that wading belt along with his waders helped to save his life. Yeah. Well, I think every time we go into the outdoors, we need to remember that no matter how uh, how how easy it seems uh, that there, you know, that something, something could happen. Uh, just recently in our, our city, there was a, a, a 18 year old girl who, who drowned and it, because of the flooding of, of, of one of the local rivers and she was walking the two dogs across a footpath that was overrun by water. And someone saw that she was up to her waist in water as she was oh. trying to cross it and it swept her down and they've never up to this point, they've never, found the body. And I was just reminded again how important it is to just be smart out there. And I was thinking, I don't think I would have waded across that even if I, if I had waders, but I wonder, you know, you just, you, you think, you know, there are times yeah. in which you make mm -hmm. poor judgments. And so I think that, that mm -hmm. anecdote there or that story is a great, great reminder about you know, safety, especially as we come up into the summer months. It really is. And just because you look at a river or a stream and you don't see white water, uh, doesn't mean that, that it's, uh, you know, that there's not some force there. And, 
you know, sometimes a stream that looks like it's just meandering, you step in it, you get knee deep or you get waist deep and you realize, wow, there's, there's some serious current going on here. So yeah, that really is a good reminder. Yeah. Well, that's all for today. Uh, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>